And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. It's Mother's Day, so I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And Happy Mother's Day to everyone who either is a mother, has a mother, just has that relationship. I want to start off with one of my favorite quotes on being a mother, because I think it points to what me and you have kind of been talking about behind the scenes of what the word mother means to us. And the quote is a Buddha quote, like the mother of the world, touch each being as your beloved child. When I was trying to think and we were talking about what we wanted to discuss, we knew we wanted it to be kind of Mother's Day themed, but we weren't quite sure. And I kept coming back to what the the word mother means, um, I guess, in the, in the English language on a a a broader scale and how how we use it to not only describe our personal mothers who gave birth to us but also we use it to often describe the the world we live in mother earth Um, and i think that's an, an interesting parallel and for me the the word mother um the essence of it is about life birth and connectedness are kind of those three things and how um, life is all connected and how we are a part of everything that that is living um, in in our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I love that description and that's a great that's a great Buddha quote and I think it really kind of sums up the that idea of of mother and that and a, that mother's love that it's that it's it connects us all and that it's something that um, that there's like, it's almost like a sense of returning to home. I think, you know, I think about we, we, there's that parallel with our mother that we came from, that we were actually inside of at one point that she was our home. Um, and you know, the place where we were created and then, you know, thinking about mother earth, this is all of our home. This is where we all, you know, are connected and that that's something that we share. So I really, I, I think that that kind of, global universal idea of mother really um you know at its core like you said is 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 the concept of life Mm -hmm. you know and and what that means to 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 give life and to to have life and to be connected and that all things that have life that there's a connection no i think it for it just reminds me um i'm thinking about a lot of things we talk about and we often talk about um feminism and and sexism and kind of um the the feminine and i i believe that a big part of a lot of the the chaos that happens in the world and a lot of the problems which are not new they have always been around with war and all these things is the imbalance of kind of the the mother being kind of looked down upon as almost uh, a weakness and in, instead of uh, a strength and really i mean i i really believe that if we were using kind of that essence of motherhood of being connected and leading with love and and more i, I don't like using the word oneness but but understanding in a way would be fixing a lot of these problems and, and learning in a way that history doesn't seem 
I mean, it seems like history repeats itself because we are consistently pushing that kind of away for the the opposite as opposed to finding uh, i think it's about a balance and i think that's an also thing about motherhood is uh, that balance mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that you really bring up something that you know i'm i'm very much a, a feminist in a lot of ways and i think that you know a lot of the problems that we have are because like you said that that mother that concept of of nurturing of of unconditional love which i think really is kind of that concept of mother is that that love that doesn't need to be earned that love that doesn't that doesn't go away because of deeds it's forgiving um it's that mm-hmm. forgiving love and that's something that really you know if you look at history, recorded history, modern history, we've, we've gotten away from that as an ideal and we've really gotten to that kind of power and dominance being what's, um, you know, what, what, what becomes the dominant culture. And I think that, you know, you look at um, cultures where they really honor the mother and the concept of the mother and, and, and women and that kind of wholeness that I think women and that kind of female energy can bring to a space. And you see a lot of healing kind of happen in, in these places where that's the, where that's kind of the driving force. And I think you see the opposite when the driving force is again, that kind of power seeking and and dominance rather than, than balance. Um, You know, and I think it's, it's, it's dangerous because we've, you know, I think we're at a time where it's kind of really at a peak where you kind of see those two things, kind of going against each other and, and kind of trying to find this place of like equilibrium and, and, and balance again. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, uh, mother earth in a way and, and the human kind of disconnection from nature because nature is in that balance just naturally. Um, and because humans have kind of separated themselves from the the rest of nature in a way i think that's what causes that that imbalance because yeah i mean i i see it a lot you see it in in cultures that are just more in tuned with nature but just in my own in my own personal life when i take those moments and have time in nature i i automatically start to balance out um and it takes much more energy to maintain that balance when i'm i'm separated from that kind of that energy and i think it's just i think it's because we're in we are connected to it whether we like it or not and when we're thrown into nature there's just the the beauty and the awe that naturally happens as a as a human being but i think it's a lot of subtext and subconscious things too of seeing kind of life and and birth and death and the the full cycle you see it in nature whether you're aware of it or not and i think that affects people yeah yeah just as you were talking i was thinking you know just the concept of nature and this idea of nature and, and what nature is and and i think you know looking at historical representations of nature it there's always been a female representation there's always been kind of that mother earth ideal and i wonder do you do you have any idea or what you know why do you think that is why do you think that we when we think about nature when we experience kind of the whole concept of nature that we are looking at it as a female force or that kind of mother 
quality? Um, I, th- I don't really know. I think just off the cuff, what I would guess is that because it is balanced and because um, masculine energy seems to be so dominant within um, our our culture um, in just the way we, we see success and see it's, it's, it's a very, like we were talking about earlier, it's just a very masculine way of seeing you need to earn things you need to, it's not about nurturing and, and compassion's almost a lot of times considered a weakness. And I think when you look at nature, it's, it's balanced. So the, the feminine almost pops out even more because we're not used to seeing that that balance we're normally used to seeing the feminine kind of put pushed down in a way or su- suppressed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And nature is one of those spaces where we're able to experience that balance without, without it being challenged, just kind of allowing it. And like you said, it's something that it touches us no matter, you know, what kind of experience we're having. It, it, it gets to us in a way that, um, I think is just natural (laughs) thinking about Mm -hmm. the word nature and intuitive. Well, and I think too, my mindfulness, when we're talking about mindfulness, nature is mindfulness. And I think that's the big difference is it's not that there's this battle between the feminine and the masculine in nature. It just is a balance. You know, it's just what is no animals aren't, aren't debating it and, and fighting against their, that balanced instincts that they have. It just, it just is, and that that is mindfulness. And I think that's a big difference between what we do as humans, as we want to analyze it and and fight back. And I can just hear a lot of people and us talking about feminism and this energy, just kind of being angered by this conversation. Frankly, just because they're seeing it from you're attacking masculinity or you're attacking men, and that's not that's not what it is. It's about the balance. We're all connected. We need each other, and in that balance is where we're really going to thrive it's not saying that masculinity is bad or that one is more superior to the other it's that our natural state is meant to be in in that balance and we as a as a species really have somehow put ourselves off that balance Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think you're right and i think even just looking at nature everything in nature is is balanced just in and of itself. There's just that natural balance and it, it, there's no debate. The the feminine and masculine energy is in, is working in tandem to kind of keep things moving and keep, keep things, keep the world spinning, keep us moving. And so there's not this kind of push pull that we seem to as humans kind of really struggle with. You know, you look at the elements, the elements are in balance, water and fire balance each other, air and earth. So there's that kind of that, that, you know, it's, things are in balance and that's how they move. That's how we kind of continue to, 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 to keep the earth spinning. But I think that that human quality, that human kind of ego gets in the way and we really struggle with that. And rather than accepting, you know, the balance and appreciating and, and learning from it, we kind of struggle and, and, and want to change it, you know, shift that balance in order to, you know, I don't know, in order to do what, but we're kind of yeah, trying and, to push that balance and shift it in some way. Right. I like that you bring up uh, the the ego because I think that 
that type of consciousness is what really separates us from the rest of nature. If you're going to talk about separation, which makes us unique. And I think that is what also has, like you said, led us to, to separate ourselves from it because the ego has resulted in us instead of just being, um, wanting to control and manipulate. And that's really what we're, we're trying to do is we're trying to, um, manipulate, uh, ourselves and nature to benefit our, our ego as opposed to living in, in balance with it. Um, and I think that's what causes, I think that's what really is at the heart of all of our major political and, and social issues. And internal issues as well. Right. Our, our own issues with ourselves. I think those, those internal issues then extend to the environment and extend you know, into the macro level, but it, it's that just that kind of discomfort, disease, suffering, you know, whatever that is, that's, that's created by the ego. Right. And that actually leads into my other favorite quote. I, I guess it's not specifically um, on, on motherhood, but it's a mother Teresa quote. Um, and it's what can it's a, it's a starts as a question. What can you do to promote world peace? And she answers, go home and love your family. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very much at the heart of what we're talking about is that these, and we talk about this so much, is that these macro issues that we see politically and um, personally and, and socially are all rooted in really the way we engage with ourselves and our families and go about our, our everyday lives. And I just love that quote because it 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 does many things but it it shows the power of the individual that if we want to fix these problems we have to we have to stop ignoring um our the way our own personal issues and we have to start addressing those and those as we address those as a as a society as as yeah as a as a culture as a people we will then be able to address the the bigger issues as yeah. opposed to what we currently kind of do is we try to cover up the the biggest issues um with band-aids and then they never heal because we never actually fix what's causing the the problems mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's right on and I, I i love that quote and i also think it's important to share that going home and loving your family may look like so many different things to different people, depending on what those relationships are like. And so, you know, I know that Mother's Day is a beautiful day for a lot of people, and it can also be a really tough day for a lot of people, um, whether they have difficult relationships with their own mother, they, they have loss, they're, they're estranged from family, there's abuse. Um, and so I think going home, you know, I think when Mother Teresa says, go home and love your family, that all that means connect with connect with your loved ones, communicate, love yourself. I think love your family, you know, your, your, your first family member, you know, so, so loving yourself. And that may also mean finding a way to, um, have healthy boundaries with a family that's not healthy, you know? And so it can look like so many different things, but I think realizing that, um, that the act of love is healing, whether it's, 
extended outward to others or it's extended into yourself to heal um, some internal struggles. Right. There's two things that reminds me of um, the or makes me think about. And the first is we're talking about what the word mother means to us. And I think within that quote, it's important to explore what the word family means because it, it is very similar, at least for me, um, to the word mother. And it is about feeling that connectedness and where you feel um, at home. And that's, that's yes, you're your, your biological family, but also who are those, those people that you love and, and care about most? Um, and how do you um, share that love and nurture those relationships? Because how you nurture those relationships is going to be very telling to how you deal with relationships that aren't already grounded in that type of love. Um, and talking about your yourself is that's a vital part because it's very hard to show love for others if you don't have love for yourself or understand yourself. I was, there was something on, I shared it in the, in our group on Facebook, uh, mindfulness in action. Um, and there was a video and, um, the gentleman was talking about, um, just being aware enough to be compassionate in, in moments where we're frustrated specifically talks about being online and when people are fighting and, and disagreeing about about politics or about whatever and instead of getting i guess caught up in in that fight and in that ego and in that anger of wanting to prove your side or whatever you believe in actually leading with compassion and trying to um understand what that where that person is coming from and I think we've talked about this before and it does a lot of things. It's not you accepting what, what they're saying. It's you engaging with them in a meaningful way where everyone's walls drop. So you can actually have a, a meaningful conversation and actually start to understand each other and change their worldview and their heart, but also your worldview and, and your heart and how, and how you're seeing things. Um, and I think that all starts with, awareness of of self because if you don't have that awareness you're not going to be able to to do that no matter how much you want to be able to do that and in that quote of go home and love your family it's it's very much the same way if you can't love yourself and you're talking about those vital relationships within your your family that aren't that aren't great or are abusive or or destructive or whatever negative form you you see them or experience them in um until you really have self-reflected and know how you feel and and how to how to change your worldview to be more compassionate and and empathetic you're you're never really going to be able to engage in in a, in a meaningful way with with those people that's healthy for those people and for yourself. Cause it's not then about just being empathetic and letting them do whatever they want to abuse you. If it's an abusive relationship, but being able to separate when you need to separate before things get heated or just that awareness that, that keeps it, that keeps it safe and, and w with love, whatever that love means. 
Right. Right. Whether, yeah, I like that, whatever that, that love means. And that love may mean no contact for a period of time. That love may mean, you know, a lot of different things, but realizing that when it's coming from that place. And so again, working on that, that core sense of self-love and, and forgiveness, um, that, that then you can be mindful of what it looks like to manage whatever those relationships are with others in a loving way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other quote I really like, and, and obviously I'm not a mother, so I want to stand clear of giving motherhood advice, but I'm not um, a mother either. (laughs) I was wondering, (laughs) neither one of us are mothers. Uh, Where is the quote? Uh, Oh, yes. It's um, Dojin Zenji. Um, At the moment of giving birth to a child, is the mother separate from the child? You should study not only that you become a mother when your child is born, but also that you become a child. And I think that, yes, that's that's motherhood advice, but I think that's also uh, uh, human advice and, and, and mindfulness advice in that, one, when, when you're when you have a child or you give birth or you have this new experience, whatever that means, whether it's an actual being or you're, you're experiencing something for the first time or trying something for the first time. And that's a new experience. Um, seeing it both seeing it through the eyes of, of a child and realizing that, that, that connection that's there, that you are this being as much as this being is, is, is you in, in a way. I mean, that sounds kind of wanky, but in my, in my mind, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it sounds wanky, but I don't think it is wanky. Cause I mean, there is a piece of the mother in, in the child, you know, so you really are connected. I mean, if they, you know, do DNA, they can trace everybody back to one mother who was black <laughs> in Africa, but one mother. And so realizing there is a piece of the mother in the child and there's a piece of the child in the mother. And so we really are actually connected. So it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't sound wanky to me. It sounds, it, it sounds true. And I think if we can see that and we can kind of recognize that, that can help us to be more compassionate to, you know, just to, to others, because we, we are, they're really, you can really, know that there is that connection there isn't a separation and the interesting part of that and i guess this is giving advice to to mothers but it's also giving advice to children of which i am one is something i when i when i first started practicing um zen and, and mindfulness um i started to have an awareness of these these conversations and things my mother would would say to me um that we we had our entire life but just had new meaning um as i was practicing and it was she would often talk to me about the the, the traits in her that she sees in me whether they're they're heightened or, or subtle and i would often talk about things like she would say something and be like well i get it from you and things like that and i think that that mindfulness in in that relationship is also very similar to that what we're talking about of um, kind of learning who you are personally and in your own self-care is you can learn so much about yourself by being mindful of the 
the people who have the closest genetic link to you um and who and not just that but that who who raised you who were there as you were growing up and helped develop your your worldview and and who you are and how they respond to the world both positive and negative the things that work and the things that don't um there's just so much to to learn there on, on both sides yeah yeah that's a really really good good point and i i think about as you were talking about that and and you know those those lessons or those traits that you that you have from your mother i was thinking you know as i when i really kind of started practicing mindfulness and and started learning about this it really helped me to kind of have a different awareness of my mother not just as my mother you know but as a person just as a woman and and getting to just kind of see her and understand her as a woman and it's really been cool to kind of come to that place where there's a friendship there and there's an appreciation. And I think it's, it's allowed me to really learn so much about myself as a woman and about um, who I am, just being able to shift my perspective from just seeing her in one way um, as the person who brought me here had this responsibility, but to see her as her own person and, and, and to learn from that. So I really think that that there's so much that you can learn from that relationship as it develops you know, with, with your mother and with kind of your, your, the people that raised you and with that environment. Right. I had, yeah, my experience with mindfulness is, was, is very similar to that. Um, and I was just now thinking like, is that just a growing up thing or is that a mindfulness thing? And I mean, I know a ton of people who, who are grownups and really never developed that. And I think it's true of both sides. I know a lot of parents who, their kids are fully grown and they still see them as a, as a child and not as like their own separate adult being. And I think that, that is just, uh, I'm trying to just recall kind of what, when that happened, when I started seeing my, my parents in general as full human beings and not the, the role of parent, um, and kind of trying to reflect on when I was aware that of them doing the sa- the same to me, um, yeah. and I think a lot of that actually happened through the the conversations I was talking about just before. Is that mm-hmm. when you have those kind of mindful conversations with each other, you you realize that there's there's a mindful human being there, and not just kind of the I, I think a lot of it has to do with perception is, you know, you're in that role of child and, and mother or child and parent for so long that you you start to have an, an image of your mind of what that is. Um, and it's constantly changing, but the image doesn't necessarily always change. It, it gets rooted in this is what this relationship is. This is who we are um, as as relatives in, in relation to one another and that oftentimes gets fixed, right, um, even right. though both of you as human beings are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And mindfulness, I think, really helps you be present of those those subtle changes and you start to, to see the growth and just the similarities and the differences on a, on a human level. Yeah, yeah. And you're able to allow the growth and right, witness right. the growth and, you know, participate or share in it rather than trying to 
change it or kind of take it back to, to, to what it was kind of just having, I think that, that mindful perspective gives you the, the recognition that this is, this is what it is. <laughs> and so this, this growth has happened. We can't force things back to the way they are, but being able to see and appreciate and value the growth and the changes and allow that. And that's one thing I think that, you know, I really, really appreciate about my relationship with my own mother is that she's been so, she's been with me through every kind of, you know, iteration of self, whatever that looks like, and just kind of standing there with unconditional love, you know, as I've changed and as I've grown. And, and that's really, I think that if you kind of think about going back to that ideal mother's love, that is what that ideal mother's love is, is again, that, that love that doesn't need to be acquired, doesn't need to be deserved. It's just, it just is. And I love that you use the word allow, because I think that's, that's the part of, of, mindfulness is that you don't have to practice mindfulness to to be aware of the things we're talking about but um it it really helps in your ability to allow it and and accept it because i often see that um where there there is that awareness there that this is a, a human being that's changing and and growing and there's a lack of accept of acceptance or um the the ego is causing you to want to hold on to that that fixed image and and right. not want to allow that person to grow and i think i was very lucky um because of the relationship with with my mother is i think that happened actually very young um that we started seeing each other as humans and not just in those roles and it allowed and I guess this is parenting advice, which I didn't want to do just, <laughs> but just in my own, own reflection of what I think really, um, allowed me to have a really good childhood and a really very close relationship with my mother is that we had that type of relationship very young where we accepted that both of us were human and that neither of us were perfect. We were going to make mistakes and that we were constantly growing and becoming, new people and we nurtured that really in, in each other in a way like I as a as being young I wasn't aware we were doing it but now looking back at it um that that is what was happening and from a, a child perspective and and seeing the relationship with my mother and the relationship a lot of the people around me had growing up with with their mothers is I that kind of acknowledgement and acceptance wasn't there and the it strained the relationship. They just weren't as not that they had bad relationships with the, their mothers, they just weren't as close. There were secrets and there were things you you didn't you didn't tell and 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 just kind of that that strained weirdness of the role of I'm the child and mm -hmm. um this is the mother. And I think there there are definitely boundaries that need to be set in that those are the roles and there are lessons and and things that need to be learned. But because there was always that acknowledge it, acknowledgement from my mother that I was a human being who had to learn and, and, and grow, it allowed me to feel very open and, and honest and accepting of, of her and what, what she was doing. So the relationship was just always very, very strong. And I think in a lot of ways, it made her life a lot easier because she didn't have to deal with a child who was keeping things from her or was really 
I, I never really, I mean, I guess I had teenage angst, but I never really rebelled in a way a lot of my, my friends did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, again, that, that allowance, that acceptance brings, brings ease to all sides of the, you know, to, to both sides of the relationship. And, and also I think thinking about, you know, I think there, there was an old kind of idea that children were property for a very long time. And I think people were just kind of conditioned to view their children as like someone that they, you know, are supposed to kind of make into who they want to make them into. And I think we've kind of come away from that and, and, and are really moving away from that and realizing that, you know, parenting is about, you know, teaching and, and setting boundaries, but also allowing your child to let you know who they are, you know, rather than kind of deciding for yourself who you want that person to be, allowing your child to, to introduce themselves to you and, and, and grow into that person that they want to be. And it sounds like your mom really allowed you to do that from a young age, which fostered a lot of trust between you guys. Like I, I'm hearing that, you know, even when you were young and maybe there was some like teenage angst and stuff, which is totally natural. There wasn't this like fear of, you know, judgment, rejection that, you know, there you, you felt safe to be who you needed to be and go through what you needed to go through. Right. And on my mother's side, I think a lot of that was because of what I mean, she never really practiced mindfulness. She does a little now because I I introduced her to it. But Mm -hmm. she was always just naturally mindful of her own experience. I think Mm -hmm. that's what she didn't. She would. How do I want to say this? Uh, Like during the, the angsty years, she recognized that angst from her childhood. And so it wasn't this thing she was trying to control or stop because she recognized it, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I think that that recognition and not wanting to control it. And I think, I think a lot of it was because, I mean, my mom was, is very successful and, and kind of level headed too, that she was able to say, you know, I had that same angst and, and I was fine. Um, and this is what, what helped me get through it. That's what I want to give to my, my child. I don't want to like stomp it out of him and, and stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah. So I think that, that, that awareness, but the thing I, I wanted to say too, was that it, the thing I love about mindfulness as, as a tool here is that I, I think, I think motherhood is, is, and, and fatherhood being a parent is is scary like you know i want i want kids and it's it's something that that really excites me but something that's also very terrifying because like what you're talking about you you do have i i don't want to say Russ, i mean you feel a responsibility i mean at least i i do to make sure this 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 being that that you're really in in charge of is okay and grows up grows up okay and, and, and thriving. And I think a, lo- a lot of times if you don't have the, the coping mechanisms to deal with that, th- those feelings that you can do a lot of damage um, unintentionally with, with the, with the best I- intentions yeah. um, and, and mindfulness really lets you, kind of step back and and observe it and be aware of the things you're doing and the effects that the, they're having and i mean it, it 
it's all varying levels of how deep the mindfulness practice is and, and, and stuff like that. It's not like if you meditate 20 minutes a day, you're going to like be the, the, the perfect parent and never make any mistakes. Um, which is not a thing, the perfect parent. Which is right. <laughs> but I think it, it helps you cope with with your own insecurities and, and fears of, of being a parent and your um, your ability to to help your child because I mean I just know I mean I'm not I'm not a parent yet but I know that I have that I mean I think it's natural to have that fear and I could just I'm just thinking now of like would that actually be affecting my decision to really want to have kids and 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 me kind of deciphering my ability to raise a child would it be different without the mindfulness practice that I have and and kind of the awareness of of self that I mean I'm still I'm still exploring and everything in me tells me that the answer would be be yes not that it would be that mindfulness is what made me want to have kids but I'm I'm sure that the, the fears would be even more controlling of of the the situation if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah no I think it does I mean I think that it is an enormous amount of responsibility, you know, take being a parent. And I think that, you know, there's, it's, you know, I hear from parents, one of the most rewarding things, but it also, it is a very, it's a big responsibility. And there's, you know, there, I think it's one of those things that it's, you know, it's already so easy to be insecure for ourselves and in our own skin of what we're doing. Did I make the decision that I do the right thing, but then to have to, do this for someone else and make, you know, the right decisions and kind of, and, and manage all that for another human being is, is such a huge task. And yet, you know, it's, it's what we're, what we, a big part of what we do while we're here and, and, and people can, can step into that role. But I think that you're right. It's having the tools to those tools of self-awareness will, I think aid you in or aid anyone in, in, in parenting. Cause I think that inevitably when you become a parent, you learn things about yourself that, you know, you just wouldn't have known otherwise. Right. I actually just had a thought and I guess it's kind of, I, I'm curious what, what you think, cause I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm now curious about the kind of subconscious, um, connection we feel talking about the 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 quote um i mean there was another one the life of the life of a mother is life of a child you are two blossoms on a single branch Mm -hmm. um that's karen miller and it's just that even if we don't consciously feel that connection how much of it is is naturally there and i'm just thinking about parents who who have a lot of personal issues and 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 don't have that kind of mindful self reflection to deal with their own problems. If a lot of the issues they have with their children is because the way they deal with their children is the way they deal with themselves, which yeah. isn't healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're and, right on with that. I think that, you know, if we look at just thinking about abuse in families and we look at abuse and, and, um, you know, there, there is that if, if someone is not 
dealing with themselves in a healthy way and has had some sort of experience where they're still struggling, that that is going to affect how they relate to their children. And it's just kind of one of those inevitable things that we don't know if we don't know how to relate to ourselves in a positive or in a nurturing way, you know, which again is kind of one of those words that I think is really, um, you know, descriptive of mother, you know, and, and, and we're not able to nurture ourselves. And I think that it's, that it's really kind of hard to even expect someone to, to know how to nurture someone else effectively. Right. And one of the biggest, I guess, criticisms I, I hear of mindfulness and, and, and meditation practice is that, um, which is ironic because I mean, it's so much about getting beyond the ego, but, a lot of people see it as being kind of self-centered and too much about the the self and and being internal and the thing i always say to that is i mean to me mindfulness really is an exploration of self but you can i mean you only really can expand beyond yourself at let me rephrase what you, how you treat yourself and how you are mindful of yourself is how you're going to treat and be mindful of others. So it really does start in, in my opinion, it starts with, with the self in a lot of ways. And yes, if you're helping others, you can learn from others and that can bring the awareness to yourself and it can kind of go both ways. But I think for most of the people I work with, they find it very challenging to engage meaningfully and healthily and mindfully with others um, until they can do that with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, that, I mean, that's another, it's just another reason to, you know, that, that we really promote that mindfulness, that self-exploration, because it does, you know, I think a, a lot of my clients who struggle with themselves and, and are so depressed and don't really see a reason to, work on the relationship with their self, with themselves, the, the way that I'm able to, to help them with that and kind of help them come to that, that place of realizing that it's effective is by bringing up their relationships with their loved ones and, and, and their, you know, whether it be their children or their parents or, or friends and realizing, you know, that this, this negativity that you experience with yourself, you're experiencing in these other relationships. And, and if you can bring healing to that, it will heal you know, then, then the next level is, is being able to heal that relationship with others. And so it's interesting because I think it, it goes back to kind of, it, it continually goes back to the, the need of, of that self-love and that focus, but it's like whatever route you need to go to get there, um, is useful, I guess. Right. And I think, and speaking about mindfulness, I mean, it's it's being aware of what is being useful and and what is not. And that until you have that awareness, you're just kind of in in a loop. Um, and that's really the, the first step is seeing what's working, what's not and consciously choosing to water the seeds of what are, is working and not water the seeds of, of what's not. And that's a, um, a Thich Nhat Hanh thing of, of watering the seeds that... Mm-hmm. I love. Um, yeah. And he had a great quote, too, which was on uh, Mother Earth. But I think it's it's just 
a great quote of Mother in general, and it's, you carry Mother Earth within you. She is not outside of you. Mother Earth is not just your environment. Um, and I think that's what, what I love so much about that is that's kind of the the idea that Mother Earth is the environment is kind of, I think, the the common mentality today. But it's such an a, a illusion and, and not the the reality of it. I mean, if you look at it spiritually, if you look at it scientifically, we are made up of earth. Um, and just that is very, is, is just very spiritual for me, but, um, it, it really helps me be more, um, empathetic with myself and with others, just being reminded of that, that, connectedness to everything because it's not i mean with with mother earth is it's it's a completely connected thing like we've said so you are a part of mother earth everyone listening is a part of mother earth it's not nature versus humans and when you start to see it that way i think you just lead with with more of that mothering essence that that we're talking about you lead with more nurturing and with more empathy and 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 curiosity and understanding and uh, i think all those things are just so vital for us um advancing to uh, a a place we we really i think should want to be um because we have all these technological advances and and we're we're gaining all this knowledge all the time but i mean at at the end of the day as as humans we haven't even figured out how to be more empathetic towards one another and uh, i would personally like to see that becoming more of our focus and more considered um a strength and and something that we 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 try to nurture in in ourselves and and one another those, those are the healing forces, you know, that compassion, love, nurturing, like that, that's what heals. And so realizing that we have mother earth inside of us, that all of us are part of nature, that we are nature in and of ourselves, then, you know, if we can see ourselves that way and honor ourselves in the way that, you know, we do nature, I think that that really is what brings about healing or can bring about healing. Those are kind of those forces that, that, that connect us and bring things back together. And for this week's homework assignment, what I would love is for people to just share mother's day stories of how they spent their day being mindful with mother, whatever that means, your own mother, mother nature, the the essence of mother inside of you and how you kind of honored that essence today. Awesome. And you can do that um, on Twitter or Facebook at Civil D TV or on our favorite place, which is the Facebook group, which is Mindfulness in Action Civil Discourse. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Have a good one.